Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to the Vanguard for Spike Juvenile Cohen. I am Matt Rowe. <laughs> we are traversing the muddied waters of freedom. Hey, everybody. So for those who don't know, uh, we've had a series going for a few months now where when Matt introduces me, he gives me a nickname of a very various rappers or R&B artists. But puts Jew in there at some point, and sometimes he gets a little or 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 a Yiddish word or or some kind of Yiddish word. Was not ready for juvenile, <laughs> so that was a fun one. How how's everyone doing? How was your week on? What, what's what's going on with your week, Matt? Um, you know, not not a whole heck of a lot. Been a busy, your busy. your volume is very low. Okay, what about now? Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. Weird. By the way, folks. So while Matt is sorting himself out with the volume situation, uh, I didn't touch anything from last week. Yeah, so it's definitely get closer to the mic. Okay. Yeah, no, it's going through another mic. So while you're figuring that out. Uh, folks, I know that you couldn't hear the audio from that uh, from the video that we were playing, uh, so I'm going to play that right now, and Matt's going to figure out how his computer works. Nope, wrong one. There we go. And so this is a very interesting thing that happened to me over the weekend. You may or may not have heard of. Don't know if you have. You may have. It's a fun thing that happened here. And uh, what happened was I was running. The sheet, Mr. I was running yeah. for the VP Do nomination, and so then this happened. Results of the final round of vice presidential balloting are as follows: Spike Cohen, five hundred and thirty-three votes; John Mons, four hundred and seventy-two votes; none of the above, ten votes, and various write-ins. With 52.15% of the vote, Spike Cohen is nominated to be the Libertarian Party's 2020 vice presidential nominee. We will next proceed to a two-minute speech from Mr. Mons as the eliminated, um, as the, 
The same privilege that was extended to the other people who were eliminated from the vice presidential balloting. And then we will follow that with uh, 10 minutes to be used as they would like by the new ticket, Dr. Joe Jorgensen and Spike Cohen. Uh, so Mr. Mons, we'll get you promoted to a panelist and you can address the body. Got to find Mr. Mons. So, did you figure your thing out yet? Yeah, I think so. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, no, you sound good. All yeah. right. No, so, yeah, it's so from I when it's from when we did the um the the muddied Zoom on Sunday, I switched the input to Zoom. Ah. Uh... To the microphone I had at the house, and I didn't switch it back. Okay, okay, okay. So yeah, so I won the Libertarian Party vice presidential nomination and i've been responding to multiple emails and things coming through our website because of it because our stats have just gone through the roof <laughs> but we also um so they've been largely positive there have been some yeah. that have the, the the ones that i have been getting have been largely positive the ones on twitter not so much but the ones that have been coming through the website, those are the real ones. Those are the people who care. Listen, I mean, it, it is what it is. Uh, there are some uh, who are upset that Joe got the presidential nomination, that it wasn't Vermin or Adam Kokesh or John Mons or someone that they preferred. And there are some that are upset that who they preferred didn't get the VP nomination. And that's okay. We all have differences of opinion, and I think a lot of this will, will you know, as people become comfortable, go through the, the different stages of grieving, then we will get there together, um, but we'll see what happens, And uh, but I am going to, at the end of this, I'm going to read the best article that has ever been written about me, ever, and probably will ever be written about me, from the American Thinker. I will read that uh, at the end of the program. Um, but so speaking of fun things that whoa, people say, whoa, whoa. I, I know that, you know, you, you've been nominated to be the vice presidential nominee, but first and foremost, allow me to thank Justin. Oh gosh. Yeah. All out of order today. Allow me to thank Justin. Dilatory. Dilatory for the kava that I'm drinking on today's episode. And allow me to thank Kroger for this delicious purified drinking water that I drink on this. Well, I haven't. I actually haven't been drinking this for a while. No, it's been Le Bleu for a while. I've been drinking Le Bleu water, but I'm back to my Kroger water. The good stuff. Bulavanaka. Bulavanaka. And this and every other episode of Muddied Waters of Freedom is brought to you by... Go. By the Libertarian Party Dad Bod Caucus, featuring me without a shirt on, which makes people really happy. And makes them feel good about the fact that I'm the VP nominee. Uh, be sure to get your copy of the Libertarian Party Dad Bod calendar uh, featuring me and Tom Arnold and Josh Smith and Tyler Smith. And oh, wow, I just realized they have the same last name uh, and, uh, and, and look the same. Uh, and uh, Vermin Supreme and uh, all of your favorite sexy Libertarian men. In one calendar where you can hang from your fridge or wherever else you would want to hang sexy libertarian men from in your home or dwelling. 
Uh, this episode is also brought to you by the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus, the fastest growing uh, and soon to be a real thing. Waffle House is on every corner. Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus. People are really happy about that as well. This episode, of course, is also brought to you by Murder Hornets, who have kind of fallen off the radar. I, I think yeah, we, a little bit, a little bit. They they were gonna kill us all, and it turns out they just uh, wanted us to stop bombing their country. I guess. This episode is also brought to you by Henry McMaster, who is still a bitch, like an absolute bitch. Screw Henry McMaster. And I'm, it, everyone has said I'm okay. It's, they're okay with me saying that. Well, that's good. Now, all, I just want to This, this say, is a 100% South Carolina ticket. And so we are all in agreement that Henry McMaster is in fact a bitch. Is in fact a bitch. Yeah, yeah. no, that makes sense. So I just want to say, because I didn't say anything on the, uh, I didn't say anything on the Zoom call the other day. Um, but I wanted to let you know that I am exceptionally proud of you for all that you have achieved. And, I like to uh, point out that I had the foresight to give you a show, to give you a platform, to give you the voice to get here. So obviously this is all because of me. This is because, no, but this is unironically because of you. This is unironically because of me. I'm just taking all the credit right now. Um, So anyone who's angry uh, about what's happening right now, be mad at Matt Wright. Yes. Who lives in the Tampa Bay area of Florida. And if you are in the Tampa Bay area of Florida and you feel personally injured by the fact that I am the Libertarian Party VP nominee, well, we have some fantastic news for you. Personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, would be more than happy to represent you in what is obviously an assault against you personally by Matt Wright in uh, helping install me as the Libertarian Party VP nominee. ChrisReynoldsLaw.com. You can also find him on personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds on Facebook. And I believe he's on Twitter as well. Or if you find yourself personally... He has personally a couple of different Twitter accounts. I'm not really sure which one's his work. Yeah, one. I'm not sure which one's the one he wants us to... I'm not saying any of them out loud. Which one he wants us to direct people to. But uh, if you uh, find yourself so injured and you fall asleep and wake up and that face is looking over you, never fear. This is this is who is going to protect you. That's uh, right. Chris Reynolds Law. Now, I, I did get into a conversation earlier today, and this is a very important conversation. Um, I was talking with the queen of offensive jokes, Sierra Peterson, and Rule 34 came up because apparently there's a website dedicated to Rule 34. And for anybody who doesn't know what Rule 34 is, that means that if you th- if you can think about it, there's already a porn made up for it. Oh, okay. I was looking at there, the notes and I'm like, Rule 34? Okay. Which means somewhere out there, there has to be a Spike Cohen porn. Yeah, just do the oppo research forum, Matt. <laughs> so if anybody out there finds it, send it to Spike. Well, I already have it. Why would they send it to me? <laughs> I have the better version because when you upload it, it goes down to like, you know, 720. I've got the 4K version. I just assumed it was going to be somebody playing you as opposed to uh, you. Well, now I don't remember. I don't have porn on the internet, by the way. <laughs> Just because I already know that's coming. He's out here on porn. It makes sense. He didn't have his shirt on at the beach. But Oh, this episode is also brought to you by the Libertarians Must Wear Shirts to the Beach Caucus. Uh, So be sure to check that out on Facebook. Libertarians Must Wear Shirts to the Beach Caucus. Um, For those who are understandably upset about my profile picture of myself at the beach. 
understandably. And talking about other travesties that make people understandably upset, Joe Biden, another guy who invites controversy related to, um, nope, <laughs> nope, nope. You so at the beginning, no. So, uh, oh gosh, no. Okay. Oh well, yeah. No, this is actual. Contra- yeah, this is terrible. So, four police officers in Minnesota, and I actually did not get the video because it is gruesome. It, it is, is worse. So we showed the uh, Amud Ar- Arbery shooting, which was pretty bad. This was way worse. It is really, really, really tough to watch. But four police officers were fired in Minnesota today for the murder of George Foley, uh, where there is video um, where one of the officers basically kneeled on the neck of this man who was already... With his hands in his pockets, showing like you don't like this was completely unnecessary. You have your hands in your pockets. You're not actually trying to restrain him. He's already restrained. The guy was already cuffed. He was literally already cuffed. cuffed. Motionless. Yeah. Yeah. And the cop is there with, with his hands in his pockets, which I know you can't see, but my hands are in my pockets right now. And with a knee on the guy's neck who yep. is saying... The Eric Garner famous quote, I can't breathe. Yeah. And was like gasping. I can't, he's like, I can't breathe. I can't. And it got worse and worse. If you are faint of heart at all or can't take this kind of stuff, do not look for this video. It is absolutely gruesome. It is terrible. It is disgusting. And there's a bunch of people there with their video cameras saying, get off of them, get off of them. And he's just in there like, and when people got close and said, get off of them, they started pulling out like their mace and their tasers to, to make them go away. But they literally just kneeled on a guy until he choked out and died. It is yeah. absolutely gruesome. So apparently he's been let go. They've been let go. And hopefully there is an investigation for murder on this because it is absolutely disgusting. And this just happened, right? This, yeah, this happened either last night or this or today. I'm not really sure when I saw it blowing up. I saw it blowing up in the afternoon, but I was busy doing all the show prep stuff yeah, and I didn't yeah, have time yeah. to grab everything for it. Yeah, I actually posted about it on my on my page and I said like I'm not putting the video up. I I shared a post where someone had a link to the video if you wanted to see it just to judge for yourself, but goodness. Right. Uh terrible. Uh now a good news uh, sort of, or, sort of, sort good of good news. news, or I guess a, a, a good news. Yeah, a good, a good development out of a out of a bad case. So we've talked about the case of Breonna Taylor, uh, who police uh, came in to serve a no knock warrant uh, at like three in the morning, uh, un- ununiformed, plain clothes police officer. So uh, Breonna Taylor is a was a uh, an EMT. She was a paramedic, and she and her boyfriend were asleep in bed in their home, as people often do at three in the morning, and these police basically broke into her house, plain clothes, did not announce themselves, to look for someone who did not live there and who was already in police custody. So they screwed up. They weren't even supposed to be there. They break into her house. Uh, Her boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, wakes up, hears them. They call 911. And then when he realizes they're coming in, he goes out to, I guess, the living room or wherever they were going into towards the towards the front door yeah yeah and and they and and he he fired on them because they were in his house and had broken in and he hit one of them they fired back 
and hit him, but also hit, hit, hit Brianna multiple times, killing her on the scene. And then they arrested him and charged him with attempted murder of a police officer. Yep. Thankfully. The yeah, the good, the good news good to that news is that the is charges... That, go ahead. Is that the attempted murder charges have been dropped. Yeah, yep. Kenneth Walker is no longer facing murder charges of a police officer. So that is, I mean, if you are looking for the silver lining on a very, 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 very dark cloud. Yeah. That is it. Yeah. He's not facing that. He's just facing having to not have his girlfriend that he lived with anymore. Right. But at least he's not facing going to jail for the rest of his life. Right. And it was, it wasn't that the guy didn't look, it wasn't only that the guy didn't live there. They had it written down wrong, the wrong apartment complex. And like Spike said, he was already in custody. He was already in custody. So there, so there was no need to look for him anywhere. So there was a miscommunication. But here's a headline there. Police believe they can just break into your house without any uniform or without announcing themselves if they want to. And if you fire back, understandably, because no one has announced who they are and they're in plain clothes, so you'd have no reason to think they were cops, especially late at night and you're confused and, and aren't sure what's going on, they can try to kill you and then charge anyone who survives with attempted murder. Now, thankfully, again, the charges were dropped, but he, he, right. he had fired one shot thinking that the house was being broken into by robbers, uh, which I guess was in a roundabout way true, uh, but he uh, he thought that they were private sector robbers, and it turned out that they were <laughs> government sector. contractors. Yeah, public sector they robbers. Were, they were public robbers. Um, he did, you know, he hit him in the leg, and he he fired in self defense. It is uh, it is disgusting. I mean, she'd still be alive today if they had not broken into her house to serve a warrant, um, and could have just knocked. Hey, where are the police? Right. Imagine if they had just knocked. Hey, we're the police. We're looking for this person. We have a, we have a warrant. Uh, that's not our house. Oh, sure isn't. Have a great day. That's how yep. that could have gone. That's exactly how that could have gone. 100% how that could have gone. Nope, that guy has never lived here. Yeah. Never lived here. They call it in. Oh, he's already in custody. And no, you're at the wrong apartment complex. No, instead... They break we in understand. at yeah. three o'clock in the morning. One of them gets shot, saved because he had his wallet in his front pocket. Um, otherwise, it would have hit that femoral. That's the femoral artery, right? I believe so. Yeah, it would have hit. It would have hit that artery, possibly killing him. Um, and then they fire back and kill Miss Taylor. But again, silver lining: Kenneth Walker is not being charged silver lining to an absolutely terrible yeah, situation to a, to a i mean i know what i mean but but thankfully he's not he's not he's not going to jail for the rest of his life because that absolutely looked like they were going to railroad him but this is the beauty of social media folks because i posted about that on my vp page as well and we shared stuff on muddy waters as well about it the power of social media is that the government and their corporate crony media can't control the narrative completely anymore we all can now be citizen reporters. We all, when things are shared, we can share, we can disseminate the news very quickly and then share our opinions of it and directly reach out to the people that are responsible for it through Twitter and things like that. 
So that is a great equalizer. You know, with all of the dangers with surveillance and everything that come with these types of devices, the good to that is that we now are all able to record and, and the same thing that happened with the, the four officers that uh, killed George Foley by, you know, choking him to death. In the past, they would have just said, well, you know, he was resisting and, and you know, we tried and we tried everything we could. But now there's HD video of them just casually sitting on his neck until he dies. That's the beauty of, of, of social media is that we're able to spread this stuff and, and, and it can't, they can't get around it anymore. Uh, speaking of people spreading terrible things on social media, Joe Biden, Matt. Joe Biden. He was on the, uh, the Breakfast Club, one of your favorite shows. Tell us about the uh, Breakfast Club, Matt. Yeah, the Breakfast Club is a um, news program out of New York, uh, that's hosted by Charlemagne the God. Yep. And he was on there last week. Many of you probably already know this story and have seen this video, but we don't care. We're showing it again. We're still showing it anyway. It's so good. And, uh, well. I want to ask you about your, your, your running mate. Um, I don't know if you saw, well, I saw the day that a news report broke that, uh, Amy Klobuchar was being vetted, and a lot of people on social media, they're not too happy about that. And um, it's because they want your running mate to be a black woman. I don't know if you saw the op-ed in the Washington Post by some of the leading black women voices in this country, and they feel since black women are such a loyal voting block, and black people saved your political life in the primaries this year. They have things they want from you, and one of them is a black woman running mate. What, what do you say to them? What I say to them is that I'm not acknowledging anybody who is being considered, but I guarantee you there are multiple black women being considered. Binderful women. Multiple. Well, you know, Thanks so much. That's really our time. I apologize. You can't do that to black media. You I can't do that to white media and black media because my wife has to go on at six o'clock. Okay. Oh, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. Listen, you got to come see us when you come to New York, VP Biden. Cause I a, will. It's a long way until November. We got more questions. You got more okay. questions. But I tell you, you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. And you ain't black. It don't have nothing to do with Trump. It has to do with the fact I want something for my community. I would love to see Take you. Take a look at my record, man. I extended the voting racks 25 years. I have a record that is second to none. The NAACP has endorsed me every time I've run. The war, I mean, come on. Take a look at the record. All right. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Anyway, thanks. I will come back. All right. I look Please. forward to seeing you in person. Okay, absolutely. Okay, pal. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it, Charlemagne. So real quick, let's just take a look at Joe Biden's record. He's been a huge advocate for the war on drugs for years, pretty much all of his all of his political life. And as we all know, the war on drugs has disproportionately affected black families. It has led to the largest caging of black people in human history. Uh, he helped the Clintons pass their disastrous crime and immigration bills. He laid the foundation for the Patriot Act, which is currently up for renewal with Trump. More um, on that later. 
Yeah, we're going to get into that in a little bit. Uh, with the Omnibus Counterterrorism Act of 1995, he assisted George W. Bush in making a case for the Iraq War, which sent numerous young black men and women to die for their country for a war that shouldn't have been happening. Uh, under Obama, he oversaw the deportation of a record number of people. Uh, if you don't support Biden, it doesn't mean you ain't black. It means you've been paying attention. Yeah. Now, that's, I will uh, say Biden has tried to walk back the statement yep. since the airing of this interview. Of course, on that same day, he also said. Oh, uh oh, I'm in trouble. Not that one. The other one. <laughs> As I was doing one. it, I'm like, I uh, totally forgot about that video. I think there might be a problem here. Uh, yeah, no, he also said a little less controversial. I'm prepared to say that I have a record of over 40 years and that I'm going to beat Joe Biden. Technically, that's true. That is true. That is true. He is going to be the person to beat Joe Biden. He is definitely going to beat Joe Biden because no one can beat Joe Biden but Joe Biden. But Joe Biden. Um, oh, uh oh, I'm in trouble. I like that yep. one. I like That's that. a good one. We're going we're gonna to be able to use that for. We're going to use that almost as often as we use oh, oh. Is that one. Oh. 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 Hey, who, oh, hey, did you, hey who, who got nominated uh, for VP over the weekend? Uh, you did. Oh. So um, he uses the O video. So, yeah, he did apologize. He said, uh, I don't, what do you say? I don't need to be so much of a wise guy. That was his take on that. Right. Yeah. And I, I shouldn't have been joking. Like, I shouldn't have been a wise guy about it. I shouldn't it. have been such a wise and, guy about telling people they're not black. Right. And we are talking about a man. Like we said, he is, he, he laid the foundation for the Patriot Act. Which, which Donald Trump is going to be renewing. Yeah, probably this now. week. <laughs> possibly possibly even now, yeah. yeah proving, possibly as we are doing this show. Pro proving once again that the Democrats and Republicans are completely different from each other. Because they are constantly renewing each other's bills. Like, that's the main thing they do is vote for sign in and renew each other's things that they've passed and they buy. And in fact, the Patriot Act was passed in a bipartisan fashion. Yes. And so here we are. So he's renewing the Patriot Act, which has laid the groundwork for so many terrible things from the massive surveillance state to the militarization of the police force to uh, it, it also was paired with the uh, authorization of use of military force, which is being used to this day to continue to allow perpetual war around the world without any kind of congressional oversight or approval. And Donald Trump, champion of the people he is, is renewing it yet again. And he has said in the past that he was not going to renew it, I believe. He said that there were aspects of it that he liked and that he wanted to keep, but he wanted to overhaul it or get rid of it and just keep those aspects of it. But right. he extended it last year, and now this year he is going to be renewing it. Yeah. Because when you look at Donald Trump and Joe Biden, really, there's not any difference. There's no substantive difference. That's why I call them the, the Republicrats, because, you know, the libertarians often use the term the duopoly. There's not a big difference. There's not really much duo. 
it's kind of just one sort of like, you know, it's like left Twix and right Twix. It, it's there, there's they're both Twix, except this Twix kills a lot of people and costs tens of trillions of dollars. Right. Does irreparable harm. It's a humanity. very tainted Twix. Yeah, no, it's a disgusting Twix, but they're both <laughs> the same Twix. Whereas libertarians are delicious butterfingers. Not the candy I would have gone with, but sure. What would you? Uh, well, I, I just went because it's yellow. What would you have gone with? I would have gone with Reese's personally. I'm fine with a Reese's peanut butter cup. Yeah, a delicious Reese's peanut butter cup. There you go. Um, We're not a poison Twix. We are not a poison Twix. That's our new we, slogan. Libertarians have not murdered millions of people. Have not million murdered millions of people. Jorgensen Cohen 2020. We are not poisoned Twix. Um, he said that they're not poisoned candy bars. So, speaking of some great stuff, stuff about Trump, Matt has put together a very in-depth thing about uh, Trump's uh, cronyism and, and corporatism on display. Uh, Matt, tell us about about Flow. Is that how you pronounce I think, it? I think it's Flow. I call them Flow. Okay. So the Trump administration just gave $354 million to a Virginia-based pharmaceutical company named Flow. Flow. <laughs> uh, with an option to extend to a 10-year contract for a total of $812 million overall. Uh, this is one of the biggest contracts given to a single pharmaceutical company ever. Um the company aims to manufacture raw ingredients in the U.S. for drugs needed to treat COVID-19 patients. Okay. On their website, Flo's copy, uh, their copywriter basically could work for Trump. It sounds like it was written by Trump himself with statements like, the United States drug supply chain is broken, becoming dangerously dependent upon foreign suppliers for our most essential generic medicines. Hashtag make the United States' drug supply chain great again. Right. Or I guess hashtag uh, keep America's drug supply chain great now that it has been made great again. Yes. Um... Now, there is no record of flow existing before this year and appears as though it was created to bid for this job and this job alone. Uh, according to Politico, flow has no track record in drug manufacturing and it's not clear when its assembly lines will begin churning out products. This is beautiful. This is amazing. Flow. Uh, I, I swear I want to this is flow. Whatever they want to call themselves, I call them flow. Um to the untrained eye, as many of us have. Mm -hmm. Uh this looks like crony capitalism or corporatism dressed up as American protectionism. Now, even if it's not any of these things, even if it's not. The injection of hundreds of millions into a single American company is completely unnecessary. 100% unnecessary. Because as Susan Capey, the managing director of Pharma Vantage says, 
I think it's KP. It might be Cappy. Don't quote me on that one. Uh, the investment that would be needed to restart some of the API, the active pharmaceutical ingredient business here in the U.S., especially with much more stringent or environmental and wastewater requirements, it's really unrealistic to think that could be done and still be price competitive. Oh, there was a thing here. That, that's when there this, was a thing. Yeah, there was, was a like, thing. Here we go. There's this woman said all the stuff Matt just said. She said right. Word for word. It's like I read it. Um, I believe that. Now, in 2019, the United States imported, not yet. Um, <laughs> oh, maybe it is now. Where did that go? I'm just leaving it up. Okay, that's fine. In 2019, the United States... Uh, imported $127 billion worth of pharmaceutical goods. Ireland was the top source, according to data from the International Trade Commission. China ranked 17th, supplying just over 1% of those imports. In fact, a 2019 FDA report shows that the United States has nearly twice as many API manufacturing facilities as China and more than any other in the world. But Matt, I was specifically told that the United States drug supply chain is broken, becoming dangerously dependent upon foreign suppliers for our most essential generic medicines. Right. You would think that that would, you would think that Flo or Flau did Flau. their research on that before pumping out that statement. But like I said, the United States has nearly twice as many API manufacturing facilities as China and more uh, than any other nation in the world more than even the entire eu uh which is many many countries and more than even india which has a a gigantic um pharmaceutical production supply chain but you know when we are talking about nearly a billion dollars of taxpayer money why worry about little funny things like facts who needs facts when you have flow? You can have facts. Also, okay, so I didn't put this in here because it has nothing to do with these statements, but I'm going to say it anyway. The CEO of this company is a man named Dr. Edwards. I don't remember his first name because I didn't put it in the notes. Mm -hmm. He was on the board of some company that made a ripoff EpiPen and was charging $4,500 for it. Oh, wow. He right, which EpiPens are already expensive, already expensive, but he was charging forty five hundred dollars for it. And then there was another drug that I don't have in the. It has nothing to he, do with these statements, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Well, I don't the know what's happening. CEO, right now. Oh, there we go. Go ahead. Nope, sorry. Go um, ahead. but yeah, so he charged forty five hundred dollars for EpiPens through his former company, and then there was another. Uh, knockoff drug, generic drug that he made uh, that he was charging just an insane price for. And I, and this is just who this guy is. He is just trying to figure out a way to make as much money as possible in the pharmaceutical industry. And he just got the Trump administration to hand him 340, want to make sure, $354 million with the chance of getting 812. good work if you can get it it's good work and this guy was actually introduced to trump a couple of months ago by one of his, one of trump's advisors and that was the first time they met and then bam contract a few months later that is 
I've been doing this all wrong. <laughs> I should have just no. impressed Donald Trump once. And then made like a BS website that had a bunch of nationalistic garbage on it. Uh, and then I too could get a billion dollars for nothing. I yeah, would you be know Trump shocked. looked at that website. These guys look good. These guys look good. They're they're the best. They want to they want to stop dangerous foreign suppliers. We're we're dangerously dependent on foreign suppliers. I say that. I say that all the time. So now we got fleece for a billion bucks. And uh, what do you want to bet? No one ever gets in trouble for it. Oh, I'm yeah. Zero chance. <laughs> Zero chance. The cops in Minnesota who murdered a man today are going to get in more trouble than the people who do that. I'm kind of okay with that, but I, I also like... Yeah, I'd like to see everybody there get in trouble. I'd like to see everyone get in a lot of trouble, but... So, now good news to all this is that, again, if you find yourself personally injured by these facts in Tampa Bay... Personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, who is also, ironically enough, and, and very, or not ironically, coincidentally enough, is also the sponsor of the personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, anchor call in moment. Oh, I'm, yeah. Yep. Where someone can call in to, uh, to our, to go to anchor, anchor.fm slash, uh, muddied waters and press the leave a message button. And you can leave a message and ask questions to me and Matt, and we will answer them, often sight unseen, right here on Muddy Waters Media, on the Muddy yeah, Waters of Freedom. Thanks. Sometimes Matt listens first. I do. Sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes not. So be nice to us. Uh, because, you know, we, we don't often vet these. We probably should now. But so we have three questions today, uh, one from Michael King, one from hashtag laser legend Matt Hicks, and then one from Dan Fow. So here's the one from Michael King. Hey, Matt and Spike. Uh, Michael King here. Um, just a average libertarian, I suppose. Um, I was hoping you could help me out with something. Uh, you've mentioned it once, and I haven't heard it mentioned anywhere else. And I'll admit, I don't really listen to a wide variety of sources, but enough that I figure it, I would have heard it somewhere. Um, this is pertinent with uh, the whole corona fuffle and all this talk about mail-in voting and, uh, you know, virtual this and virtual that. Um, has there been any more talk or development about uh, blockchain voting? All right. Thanks. First of all, I would like to say for a first time call in, uh, thank you for obviously being a fan. You mentioned, you said Matt and Spike, you said uh, Corona Fuffle, which you're, you've been watching us if you're mentioning the Corona Fuffle, the Corona, fu the Corona Fuffle. And usually most of our people who call in now are usually directing the question at one of us. So thank you for being a fan and uh, keep listening. We appreciate it. Corona Fuffle. Oh, I was careful with Corona Fuffle. Right. <laughs> oh, we could have just used that now with Flo, the Cure Fuffle. Um, so, yeah, no, thank you. Uh, so, blockchain voting, it's interesting. I was in a, uh, a, actually a presidential debate hosted by the Transhumanist Party, and they talked about 
uh, blockchain voting. I I don't have a problem with it. I think it could potentially solve a lot of problems. That uh, it makes it more open to all. Uh, it is encrypted and secure and safe. And uh, I will also say I'd be interested to see how they actually do it because we had what was ostensibly a blockchain-like system in the it's called in the Iowa caucuses the shadow app which was a spectacular failure so i'd be interested interested to see how they actually did it but i'm not against it matt yeah so uh i have a friend whose name is gabe higgins here in the tampa bay area and he is very big into uh blockchain he runs a bitcoin meetup group he work basically everything he does is either around crypto or blockchain um great guy um, and a while ago, I was literally talking to him about this like two weeks ago. So I'm just pulling up the message to read it. Um, he was working on a business called Clear Voter that was going to be blockchain voting. Uh, he had to put a pause on it because he couldn't get the proper funding. Um, and I, I'm, I immediately switched over to float for this question because I'm waiting to see what Kingsley has to say about this. But um, there's a lot of, according to Gabe Higgins, there's a lot of concerns with having people's votes be logged on an immutable ledger forever. And there are concerns of vote buying, coercion, vote fraud, um, et cetera. Blockchain can address issues with the current voting system, but introduces its own problems. Yeah, that's fair. And, I think any any system like this is going right. to you know, create problems. Uh, personally, I'm a fan of it. I think that uh, if we can figure out how to do it and avoid things like coercion, vote buying, vote fraud, that sort of things, mm-hmm. uh, I'm all for it. We should we should do it. You could just vote from vote from your phone by signing into your wallet or whatever. However that right. works. Um, Sign into your voting wallet. Right. Sign into your voting wallet and you make your picks and then bam, you're done. Um, 100% for it. I think it's a great idea if they can figure out how to do it without the issues that people are seeing that might arise. Yep. But um, like Spike said, any, any system is going to have its own issues. Yeah. All right. And then here's one from the laser legend, Matt Hicks. Hey, guys. This is Matt Hicks calling in on the Chris Reynolds personal injury attorney, attorney at law viewer call in line I would like to know in light of Spike's uh, pending move to the Naval Observatory in the coming months uh, what is his position on staring at belly buttons I'm really confused by the whole thing thank you very much and hashtag laser legend they're going to put me in the Naval Gazing house His position on that is normally, it's, yeah, it's down. Yeah, it's down and head curved and down. Yeah, right. that's my position on that. Feel very strongly about that. Make no mistake, you're either with the navel or you're with us or something. Uh, but thank you for that question. Here's the next question. Good evening, muddied waters. It's your favorite infrequent caller, Daniel Faust, calling in with a question for Proud. National Libertarian Party member Matt Wright, as well as your <laughs> next VP, Spike Cohen. Given the fact that the law enforcement community uh, publicly on video uh, murdered another black man, 
What are your thoughts on requiring that law enforcement officers have individual liability insurance policies so that uh, when they have actions like this that they make a conscious decision to take, uh, that the settlement payouts are not being forced back on the taxpayers who already paid their salary while the event was occurring um, as and that they're not on the hook for more as opposed to it being the officer's own personal liability. Thanks. Have a great night. So I like the idea in theory. Go ahead, Matt. First of all, I just, uh, to Dan Faust, um, F you, I know you did it. I know Spike gave you the information to do it. That was just wrong and mean to you do this. You don't know that it was Dan. I, he told me. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, then you know it's Dan. Yeah. Um, and I know how he got the information. You don't know. You asked me for my mailing address. <laughs> and then you never mailed me anything. That's not true. I mailed you a card. A membership card. <laughs> you guys signed me up for the Libertarian Party. Which is ironic because it's a it's a party of not forcing people into things. <laughs> I know. We, we, we create, I mean, you can shred it if you want. You don't have to be a member. We just made you one. I mean, I'm already a member. I... <laughs> you're, you're welcome. Thanks. So, yeah. So Dan, uh, and we talked about this briefly, but my thing with the liability insurance, I like the idea in theory. The problem is in application. I think they're just going to raise their salary to pay for the liability insurance. Now, the good side of that is that now it's not a, a, taxpayer money that's paying the payoff it wouldn't be the payout but they're going to be paying for extra insurance so six of one seven of the other if anything the liability insurance costs everyone more and by having liability insurance the cops feel somewhat scot-free because it's like we we're protected because we have this liability insurance so i i like the idea in theory and i like the idea behind it uh, but this is just the reality of having the state enforcing laws and using whatever violence they want is they do these things. And if they're called on the carpet of doing wrong, we have to pay for it. We have to pay to put that cop in a cage. We have to pay to, you know, ultimately, you know, any any fines or whatever is just the state recouping some of its its you know externalized costs to the to the to that officer. Um, and any major payouts are just coming from taxpayers. So we're being robbed to finance payoffs to ourselves as victims. So just not a good so the deal question at all. Is which is going to be greater, the amount of money paid out in settlements or the insurance, the liability insurance. And, and the thing is insurance companies exist to make a profit. So the answer is probably the insurance. Right. That's true. Because anytime there's a claim, it'll just continue to go up and up and up. So Again, I like the idea. I just don't know practically how, how it would play out. It seems like it would just become another sleight of hand by government. They, they kind of like that kind of stuff. So, But thank you for that question. Yeah. When, Go ahead. I actually I, I, I did screen that one because I saw it was from Dan. Also, thank you, Dan, for donating, uh, becoming a donor over on Anchor.fm. Oh, nice. You are one of the, yeah, you are one of the real ones, Dan. We appreciate Thank you. Thank you, Dan. That means a lot. That means a yeah, lot to us. Thank you. 
Uh, if anybody else wants to donate, go over to anchor.fm slash muddied waters and uh, hit the old donate button and you can be one of our regular donors. And you can donate uh, directly from your smartphone. And speaking of smartphones. <laughs> um, back in May of 2019, Joseph Sam. Joseph Sam was arrested and charged with multiple counts from robbery to assault. Mm-hmm. I'm going to preface uh, the rest of this by saying, I don't know if he did these things. Okay. If he did, I do not support him, but this has led to this. Uh, During the arrest of Joseph, an officer pressed a button on his phone, bringing up the lock screen. So much like my phone is off, he just kind of hit the old button right there and pulled up the lock screen. Um, Judge Kofner ruled that the police were within their rights to look at the lock screen at the time of the arrest, given that certain circumstances allow for a search to take place without a warrant. Now, while the phone was in evidence, a member of the FBI went into inventory, got the phone, and snapped a photo of the lock screen and the photo has the name Streezy under the date and time, which was his street name, which that led to the case being busted wide open. Right. Now, Judge Kofner ruled that the investigators involved in later search and seizure, i.e. the FBI, uh, must obtain a warrant first to look at the lock screen. Right, right. So, uh, so Judge... Kaufner said the police's examination took place either uh, took place either incident to a lawful arrest or as part of the police's efforts to inventory the personal effects found during Mr. Sam's arrest. The FBI's examination, by contrast, occurred long after the police had arrested Mr. Sam and inventoried his personal effects. Those examination present examinations presently or sorry, present present significantly different legal issues. The FBI physically intruded on Mr. Sam's personal effect when the FBI powered on his phone to take a picture of the phone's lock screen. So the judge ruled that the act of powering on the phone was an intrusion into the suspect's constitutionality protected space akin to searching a home, no matter whether you consider the lock screen to be private or not. Right. So it's like walking into someone's backyard to look for evidence, but without any kind of warrant or anything. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, So Judge Kofner has ruled that the police turning on your lock screen is a violation of the Fourth Amendment. And therefore, cannot happen without a warrant. And they're almost certainly going to appeal this, right? Like, I mean, oh yeah, this is going to get appealed. This is going to get appealed. But as of right now, there is uh, precedent that police cannot hit the old button on your phone to find out what is on the lock screen. As of right now. Well, that's good. But that is absolutely 100% going to be overturned any minute now because that's something the police are going to fight hard for. I can see, so I can see this going all the way to the Supreme Court. 
do you think they'll rule in favor of us or in, the, in favor of the police? It's a tough one. That's a tough one. I, it really depends on uh, RBG's lifespan. I mean, in all honesty, it depends on if Trump puts somebody else in or not. Because I think Gorsuch would say yes. They, he would rule with us. He would rule that. Oh, that yeah, yeah. Right. Gorsuch would see this a mile away. Yeah, there's yeah. Uh, that's. I'm not a, a huge fan of Gorsuch, but Gorsuch on this type of stuff, he tends to be pretty anti-police state and anti-... Right. Uh, anti. I don't un- remember the un- ruling. Unlimited police powers. I don't remember the ruling, but he voted he voted against it because he said it didn't go far enough yeah. in protecting it, and he yeah. didn't want to make that the... And I was like, well, that's, that's a response right there. Um, yeah, he didn't want to make that precedent. So it really would depend on what the court looks like by the time it gets there. But I could see it going all the way. That is crazy stuff. So at least for now, they can't open your lock screen without, without, you know, having a warrant. Duncan Picard Mm -hmm. over on the old Facebook asks any comments on the active riots in Minnesota right now. I'm assuming that's got to be because of yeah that's got to be because of the george foley thing it has Um, to be yeah it has to be and you know police officers murdered george foley in the street yeah straight up i mean the riots happened with the rodney king thing because they beat rodney king really bad i mean they brutally mercilessly beat him well it was because they all got acquitted right? because they got acquitted but they beat him and got acquitted. Now here's a situation yeah. where they murdered him, George Foley. So I can certainly understand. I'm I'm not sure riots are riots aren't a good idea to do typically. I mean, there's very rare situations where every other is, uh, avenue has been exhausted. Uh, and also the problem with riots is they often end up just attacking like local businesses and people that had nothing to do with it in any, in right. any, any real way, um, as opposed to focusing on state targets which again i'm not saying to do i'm just saying riots end up usually they end up spending most of their time attacking people who probably agree with them that it was a terrible thing and and had nothing to do with it um but the uh yeah i i i I think you murder someone in the streets and walk away like nothing happened there's a very good chance that there's going to be rioting as a result of that right jacob labelle or our resident Minnesotan, Minnesotian, yeah. Minnesotian. Uh, Minnesotan. He is saying, let it burn, let her burn. Let it we burn. We don't need the water. Let we don't need the water. Let the em, emmer effer burn. Let yeah, I, I totally, burn. I, I told, now they described them as um, former officers, but it looks like they may not be getting investigated. So, Crazy, I mean, crazy so this stuff. Happened, I mean, this happened today or yesterday. Yeah. And they got fired today. I would imagine they, they're, they're going to have to investigate. At the well, barest of minimums, they're going to have to investigate. Well, according to uh, Archie Flower of the Vermont Libertarian Party, he basically said, and I believe this was in the post that I shared, he said, you know, they're going to start digging up videos and show, you know, some, you know, five-year-old video where George flipped off a camera or you know was smoking something that might be a blunt or you know was drinking or whatever and it's like yeah none of those are offenses that result in you being choked to death right no agreed 
that's never the punishment for that. So they definitely did overkill on punishing him for whatever it was, something he might have possibly never even done jail time for, possibly even just a misdemeanor. We don't know. We don't know what it was for, but we know he got murdered for it in front of dozens of people. Aaron Nakamoto wants to know where your kava is. Where's my kava? I've never drank kava a day in my life. It's right here. We're the I muddied waters. Here, put put up your mud. Yeah. Muddied waters. Huh? Waters. Huh? That wasn't how... That was 100% why we planned it. Over a year before I became the... Right. Almost two years before I became the uh, the co-host of this show. Mayo and peanut butter sandwiches. Yep. Um, Justin Royne in the comments commented that because he knows that I eat those. Ew. It's good. So good. I don't want to talk about this. Um, <laughs> Sweet and savory, man. Sweet and savory. Yeah, I don't want. I, I don't. I don't want to. Here's what I want to talk about. I got nominated to be VP. Hey, guess what? I broke some records. So I was so busy trying to get a man with a boot on his head to be the next presidential nominee. I didn't realize I was over here breaking records myself. So it turns out that I am the first professed anarchist on a major libertarian party or no, on a major, on a major party political ticket. And I'm the first millennial. Well, based on math, that just makes sense. Uh, 2016, there were no millennials. Okay, and so when? Okay, so the question is, when do millennials begin? So it depends on who you ask, Matt. Right. I've I always heard, say 1982. Well, it's not. It's 19. It's either 1981, 1979, 1978. But by using any of that criteria, there has not been a single. By using right. even the the you know latest or I guess earliest year. Um, which you know makes the cutoff older. Still, I'm the first millennial, first right. and only millennial, because it looks like again Joe Biden is probably going to pick a woman that is at least in her 40s, oh. and that that woman is going to potentially be white. Oh, oh, I'm in trouble. So I can say to people, if you if you don't vote for Spike Cohen. You ain't Jewish or young. I would I, like. I honestly believe that for Biden is between Stacey Abrams and Klobuchar. It sounds about right. I would have added Liz Warren, but it's looking like he sees Liz Warren for the liability she is. Bernie Sanders. I I said I said possibly the boldest play he could pick is Bernie Sanders. Bring all those Bernie Bros back. But I don't think it would have been a good idea because a they want a woman and b. The Bernie bros are kind of upset at Bernie. They've either gone to Biden or they've said, I don't want to have anything to do with the Republic with the, with the democratic party because they just keep doing this kind of stuff. So it's potential that that wasn't a good pick, but it looks like he's going to pick Klobuchar who is decidedly very white as in like the color white, but she's also very palatable to Democrats. Well, that's the thing. She's yeah, palatable across, like to across the board. A lot of Democrats, even some, even some conservatives are, they say that they could see, they would be okay with the Klobuchar presidency. Why? Because she's not one of the others. Well, speaking of someone that's not one of the others, I am now running as the running mate of Joe Jorgensen. 
And here is the first campaign video that I have put out for the campaign. I'm Spike Cohen. I'm Spike Cohen. I'm Spike Cohen. I'm Spike Cohen. I'm Spike. I'm Spike Cohen. I'm Sp- I'm Spike Cohen. I'm Sp- I'm Spike Cohen. I'm Spike. I'm Spike Cohen. 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 I'm I'm Spike Cohen. 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 And you are the power. And so on the strength of that, I won the VP nomination solely because of that video. And, uh, oh no, wait, no, that's my first, that's my first post VP nominee. Oh no, because it has vermin spikes still on it. Yeah. Well, anyway, I like showing that video. So I won. Really? It really says a lot about who you are. I'm Spike Owen and you are the power. It says who I am. It says who you are. You're the power. I'm Spike Owen. Uh, so we've been, uh, I was nominated. And that's being met with uh, varying levels of enthusiasm, including this article from American Thinker. That is the best thing that has ever been written about me and more than likely will remain the best thing ever written about me forever. It's from the American Thinker. Headline, Libertarian Party's VP pick destroys any remaining illusions of party's seriousness. It only gets better from there. Uh, Justin Amash got out just in time. His congressional career is kaput, but that's perhaps for the best. The Libertarian Party, of which Representative Amash briefly sounded out a presidential bid, has ratified its ticket to the White House. Joe Jorgensen, a Clemson lecturer, was chosen as its presidential contender, while anarchist podcaster Spike Cohen secured the uh, vice presidential spot. Their convention took place within the Libertarian's natural habitat online. (laughs) Over 1,000 delegates... That's a pretty good line. That's a good line. There's a few in here. Uh, Over 1,000 delegates crammed into a Zoom meeting to determine their standard bearers. The upshots was typical Libertarian fare. A normal enough appearing candidate was paired with an eccentric, obsessed with pushing the envelope of respectability until it tears. In this case, Jorgensen, a ho-hum candidate, has been odd-coupled with Cohen, an acolyte of Vermin Supreme, the perennial joke candidate in Husting Stable who dresses like a peripatetic magus. Cohen's platform on which he ran is perverse. Another great t- line there. Uh, it includes pleas to legalize recreational plutonium, construct a Waffle House on every corner, impeach the entirety of the Supreme Court's bench, and replace the robe justices with a bib overall janitor and go back in time to kill baby Woodrow Wilson. Whether any of these proposals is serious or not is not worth asking. Cohen says a My Little Pony movie convinced him to change his name to Spike, transposing his baptismal name of Jeremy. Nothing he professes is serious. If you add your chips on 2020, finally being the LP's breakout year, you can call your loss now. Whether gra- Whatever Gravitas Jorgensen may have brought to the ticket, has been bollocksed with the assumption of Cohen. The Libertarian Party voted and got the ticket it deserves, as the saying goes. The self That's an H. Helm Mencken reference. The self-sabotage was the Democratic choice. As Cohen, 
attracts the wrong kind of attention for a third party long begging to be taken seriously. The Republican Party can just breathe a sigh of relief. Whatever exegist concerns GOP heads had that Libertarian Party would present a respectable alternative to Donald Trump or Joe Biden have been allayed, and they don't have to wait for the candidate to express her ignorance on world affairs on The Morning Joe. The Libertarian Party's unserious nomination puts the dwindling never-Trump movement farther back on its heels. A presidential campaign featuring a character like Cohen cannot claim respectability, which is the currency never-Trump exchange is in, nor can it provide a vehicle for the candidate to, candidates to present a thoughtful alternative to the two-party system status quo most Americans are frustrated with. The, basically, it sounds like never-Trumpers will hate me because they're a bunch of conservative prudes, and now they won't join the party, all 30 of them that are left. Uh, in 2016, in all, in all fairness, anybody who is basing this strictly on your website, which is what that sounds like that guy was doing, yes, has never heard you speak, has never heard you debate, has never heard you in a serious forum, which this show does not qualify, uh, <laughs> to explain your platform. Yeah, they've never seen me off of Muddy Waters. Um, for the uh, Vermin campaign. In 2016, Gary Johnson and Bill Weld could at least cite prior executive experience as a selling point. And despite plenty of jokey verbal miscues, both erstwhile governors made a case for sensible, middle-of-the-road solutions to seemingly intractable national problems. Johnson's twee tagline of being fiscally conservative and socially cool was inoffensive enough to cautious suburbanites that they got 3%. The problem was few Americans bought in because the country is not all that libertarian. While Johnson and Weld took plenty of shots at Trump for being mean and uncaring towards the plight of immigrants, voters weren't ready to throw throw open the door, country's doors and just wait for anyone to waltz in. Exactly. That's our point. That's our point. Is that they still sucked because people aren't libertarian. So we have to message libertarianism to them, and we have to spread our message in a way that appeals to them, like being entertaining, like maybe unbuttoning a shirt occasionally. You don't have to, but you didn't hurt anything. Um, Jorgensen is all already promising to be practical and principled candidate who will run a more serious campaign. That assurance has already fizzled out with a scamp like Cohen as her deputy. With the same warned over party planks as the last presidential go-around, it's hard to see the LP gaining any more ground. The party remains where libertarians are most comfortable. On the fringe, Justin Amash's efforts to draw support for the party will be nugatory. The most prominent never-Trumps are all in for Biden, giving lie to the motion that they were ever was ever a de- dedicated limited government belief to begin with. Okay, well, then they shouldn't be with us. Trump has achieved a no-enemies-to-the-right victory without firing a tweet-shaped shot. Expect libertarians to argue over the merits of legalizing heroin sales to five-year-olds in the 2024 party convention. This year is a bust. First of all, that implies that we won't debate that in July at the coronavention in Orlando. Like, you're being awful presumptuous. I mean, that's also saying that they don't think that it was debated in 2016 when Gary Johnson, Austin Peterson, and John McAfee debated that exact thing on Fox Business or whatever. Yeah, someone seems angry and bitter. I love this article. It makes me so happy. I'm going to frame it. I'm going to print it out. It's multiple pages. I'm going to print it out, make a collage out of it, and frame it above my bed. 
So they wake Matt up every Hicks morning. That's a good point. Uh, he says, "Are we just going to gloss over the fact that Jews don't have baptismal ma- names?" I was going to let it slide, but yeah. Well, somebody asked me. They said, uh, "Is your were your grandparents at your baptism?" And I said, "I will ask my rabbi." <laughs> my baptismal name of Jeremy has been scattered about and replaced with My Little Pony references. Well, it's my name. You were the original brony. I was the original brony. And again, it's my name. Like, why are you worried about my name? But uh, anyway, um, Aaron Nakamoto says, how do you and Joe get along? Does she at least believe in going back in time and killing baby Woodrow Wilson? I believe she does. And she's actually been very excited about me and Vermin continuing to campaign online. So for those of you who are upset that you wouldn't get to see me and Vermin continuing to do stuff, that's still going to happen. This is actually phase two of Team Supreme. Team Joko is an extenuation, extent, extension of what we've been doing, you know, uh, and it's a very interesting way to do things. But ultimately, Joe Jorgensen is a uh, principal libertarian that whose policies are a radical interpretation of the Libertarian Party platform, uh, if not an anarchist one, just a very radical minarchist one. And uh, I have been given a green light to, uh, you know, message as we have determined back on Team Supreme, we're the most effective because they want that. They want to be effective, especially among the youths, among the youths, 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 among the youths, the two youths. So, yeah, I think that uh, we can declare victory now. <laughs> now we just got to win the election. That's it. That, that's not hard. We just have to add an order. Of, we have to add a, a zero to the numbers, but not on the first part. We have to add it to the end. So instead of us getting 3.25%, we get 32.5%, in which case we're within within spitting distance at that point. Oh, there's been another controversy. uh, People saying that we can't run together because we're both in the same state. And after doing some research, uh, it turns out that would only matter if we got close enough to winning the election that we needed South Carolina's nine electoral votes because we're both in South Carolina. And... uh, a, a, a state elector can can only elect one president and one vice president, and they can't be from the same state. So rest assured, because this can be done in between the actual election day and the day that the electors get together in Congress and, and, and ratify your, your election, it turns out that we literally could, after election day, if it turns out we won, but we needed South Carolina's nine points to win, I could just move to North Carolina. Pretty straightforward. Uh, it's actually what Dick Cheney did uh, in 2000. He moved from Texas to Wyoming. So not a scandal, not a big problem. It's been done before. We could do it. And if anything, that's just an incentive for us to you know, uh, run up the scoreboard so much that we have so much of a, of a, of a convincing electoral win that we uh, don't even have to worry about uh, me moving. South Carolina? Yeah, I don't have to worry about moving from South Carolina. So... It's a win all the way around. I mean, it's only like a mile. Yeah, it's only a mile. Right. Well, no, it's like five miles, but yeah. It's not like you'd be moving super far out of the way, and Henry McMasters would not, you would, he wouldn't be your bitch anymore. He'd be everyone else's bitch. Right. But I wouldn't have to deal with that bitch anymore. I'd have to deal with whatever bitch is governor of North Carolina. So, yeah, so we've got a great thing going on. And in fact, 
Stay tuned because I'm going to be a guest over at the Chris and Jesse show with Chrissy and Jess. I think that's what it's called. And so. uh, Chrissy, Chris and Jess, Jesse show. They have a very confusing name. I just it's a very confusing name. Uh, and uh, we're going to be talking about my campaign and how respectable it is and how pragmatic it is. So that'll be happening at 10. And tomorrow... On a very special episode of My Fellow Americans, my show, uh, I will be talking to myself and my constituents as the newly, duly, newly nominated VP pick for the Libertarian Party. Taking all of your questions, it'll be an AMA uh, for for our uh, for our peoples, all the peoples that want to get in on the uh, Joko campaign and talk to me as the newly crowned VP. Hey, do you hate me? And, and hate everything I stand for, that's great. Come tune in and ask me questions. I'll be happy to answer them for you. And if you want to do that again, uh, well, I don't know if we're taking questions from the audience on the Chris and Jesse show. But if we are, I'll be happy to, happy to do it there. And if not, come back right here tomorrow, Muddy Waters Media, for my fellow Americans. 8 p.m., I'll be taking all your questions. And then I'm doing a bunch of interviews through the week. And then be back here next week on Tuesday, right here, Muddy Waters Media, 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern, for another episode of the Muddy Waters of Freedom, where Matt Wright and I parse through the week's news with the cheer and a plum of little sweet vice presidential running boys. And remember... If you want to keep up to date with Muddied Waters Media, uh, you can listen to us at anchor.fm slash muddiedwaters or on your favorite podcasting app by searching for Muddied Waters Media. And you can find this in every episode at muddiedwatersmedia.com. And also That's, there you can find all of our social medias. Everywhere. All of our social medias because we're everywhere. Everywhere. We are all over the internet. You can find us everywhere. Uh, so folks... Thanks again for tuning in, and I will Chris see Ken. you. Real quick, Chris okay. Kent, big shout out to you. Missouri delegate voted for you on every ballot. Oh, wow. Thank you, Chris. That means a lot. That means an, uh, that means a tremendous amount to me. Thank you so much for, for your support, and I promise to make you proud as your VP pick. So thank you again. Come over and uh, join uh, us over on the Chris and Jesse show, and then tune in tomorrow for, for My Fellow Americans. And thanks again for tuning in. And where we're going, we don't need roads.